whipped gel, whatever that is. It is a hair product that will apparently leave your hair looking lastingly messy. And when people talk about a bad hair day, they often mean something much more than a hair disaster. Sometimes the day's just been rubbish. To put it bluntly, sometimes life stinks. Indeed, for some of us, it's not just been a bad hair day, but a bad hair week, or month, or even year. Sometimes life can be incredibly difficult and painful and overwhelming. Now, of course, the Bible says that there is much that is good in this world, good gifts from our Heavenly Father that are to be enjoyed and celebrated. But in a world that rejects and defies its creator, we will all live by the sweat of our brows. Thorns and thistles will plague all of our existence. Delight will often be diminished by difficulty and joy will often be replaced by tears. The follower of Jesus Christ is no more exempt from those experiences than anyone else. Indeed, the believer will know both common difficulties and particular difficulties of a sinful world. Now, by common difficulties, I mean simply that being a Christian doesn't exempt you from the sorrow and suffering that is common to everyone. Now, work can be very difficult when you're a Christian. Marriage can be very hard when you're a Christian. Raising children can be enormously challenging. Retirement can be a time of great frustration and sorrow. And on top of that, on top of that difficulty, the difficulty of of suffering and sickness and even death itself, on top of that, the Bible says that there are for Christians the particular difficulties of standing for Jesus in an indifferent and often hostile world. And the question that this psalm asks is this. What is a truly spiritual response in the midst of life's difficulties? What song do you sing when the world seems against you, when life seems fragile, when it feels like everything is going to collapse around you? As Carl Truman puts it in his wonderful essay of the same title, what can miserable Christians sing? Well, according to David in this psalm, when life is difficult, the truly spiritual response is this. The Lord is enough. So trust him. The Lord is enough. So trust him. See, if you know how the psalm begins in verse 1, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. Or as another translation puts it, for God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. See, in the whirlwind of life, feeling overwhelmed and vulnerable, there is still the unchanging reality that is at the heart of the universe. God is truly there. 
No less now when things are difficult than he was when life was easy. God is truly there. He remains ever the faithful saviour. And knowing that, in one sense there is nothing more to be said. Nothing more to be done. The Lord is enough. Verse 2, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He's, he's fixed, he's unmovable, he's unchanging. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. Now here there is a place where the believer can hide that is unassailable and impregnable and secure. And so in that sense that there is, there's nothing more to be said, there's, there's nothing more to be done. There is only the need to trust in the one who is sufficient for every need. Well, I think sometimes the battle, battered disciple of Jesus may give weary assent to the sentiment, but she or he may be left wondering, is that it? Is that all that can be said? For it's true, isn't it, that sometimes mere exhortation to be confident in the Lord doesn't seem enough, does it? When the very thing that you feel you lack is any real confidence in the Lord, being told that you need to be more confident in the Lord isn't exactly the most helpful thing in the world. So how do the Psalms help? How does this Psalm help? Well, according to David here, a truly honest spirituality is in a stark contrast to the kind of dishonest piety that so often plagues the church. And by dishonest piety, I mean the kind of self-confident, self-assured Christianity that entertains no admission of weakness and allows no questions or doubts. You read the Psalms and you'll discover something quite different. So Psalm 62 are the words of David, the military leader of Israel, the warrior king, the Old Testament example of what you might term a sort of macho spirituality. And yet for him, confident faith was, well, it was somewhat surprising, wasn't it? For it was honest and vulnerable. And difficult. See, even in the opening verses, there is real honesty. Verse 2 reads literally, He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. I shall not be greatly shaken. That's pretty honest, isn't it? There's no false pretense there, is there? He will not be shaken, not by anything, not by anyone. See, the truth is that even the greatest saints have felt shaken and vulnerable. Now, on the one hand, there is the knowledge that God is a rock, that he is unmoving, unchanging. There is the understanding, if you like, that the Lord is a fortress that he is unassailable and impregnable and secure. 
And yet, on the other hand, alongside our knowledge, there is the experience of life in a fallen world. Where you can feel yourself to be, as David puts it in verse 3, you can feel yourself to be a leaning wall, a tottering fence. It's the contrast between knowledge and experience. What you know in your head and what you feel in your heart. For in your head you can know that the Lord is as secure and stable as Stanage Edge. But in your heart, you can feel like a weather-battered fence out in the Peak District. One more push and you'll be over. Sometimes life seems incredibly difficult. Sometimes it feels like everything and everyone is against you, verse 4. They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. And yet as David turns from his rather unsettling reflection on his, his present personal difficulties... As he turns from that, he he again reminds himself of what is true. What is true, whatever life throws at him, verse 5. Find rest. O my soul, in God alone, my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. It's striking, isn't it, that David begins saying, I will not be greatly shaken. But by the time you come here, it's as if he's realized afresh that in the end, however weak and vulnerable he may feel now, in the end, he will not be shaken, not by anything or anyone. Why? Because my salvation and my honor depend on God. See, he's not just my rock, as he puts it in verse 2. He is, verse 7, my mighty rock. He is my refuge. You can be honest and feel vulnerable and know that life is incredibly difficult and yet you can still be confident in the Lord. You can still rest in God alone. amidst the whirlwind of life, amidst the the chaos and frustration and difficulty, there is a place where there is nothing more to be said and nothing more to be done. Only the precious remembrance that the Lord is enough. And so you can trust him. See, I suspect that for some of you here this morning... That is something that the Lord wants to remind you of. I know that it doesn't feel like it right now. That like David you feel like a leaning wall and a tottering fence. Know that God is truly there. No less now when things are difficult than he was when life was easier. God is truly there. He remains ever the faithful saviour. See, the Lord is enough for you, my friend. The Lord is enough. 
Come to me, Jesus said. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Maybe you feel like you're clinging on by your fingernails. But however faltering you may feel your faith to be, if you genuinely trust in Jesus Christ, he is for you a rock. He is your salvation. He is your fortress and you can hide in him. Now, it may be that for you at the moment, life seems relatively easy. Well, that's good. Rejoice. Give thanks. But even if life is easy and good, verse 8 is still important to remember, isn't it? Trust in him at all times. Easy or hard. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. It's true, isn't it, that sometimes we imagine the Lord's help is like some sort of emergency ripcord on a parachute, uh, something of a last resort in life when all else has failed. We're like the terrified lady on board a ship in a terrific storm. She happened to pass the captain and asked, Is there any hope, captain? To which he responded, Our only hope is in God. She turned more pale and gasped, Are things really that bad? But if the message of Jesus Christ is true, really true, not not just useful, lots of things are useful. If the message of Jesus Christ is really true, if God is really there, if he has spoken in history and supremely in the person of Jesus Christ, if that is true, then you would be a fool to do anything other than trust in him at all times, wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to avail yourself of the most astonishing privilege imaginable? To be able at all times to pour out your heart to a God who listens to the cares and concerns of his people. And of course as you do that, as at all times we pour out our hearts to him, we we will grow in confidence that the Lord truly is a refuge for his people. And so when the storms of life come, and come they certainly will, when the storms of life come, we will, like David, hide ourselves in him and discover that the Lord is enough. That we really can trust him. Just as we draw to a conclusion, I want you to notice how the psalm finishes. For there's both a warning and an encouragement in these final verses. The warning comes in verses 9 to 10. See, whilst the Bible never despises human achievement or material blessing, it nevertheless warns us of their dangers. For our temptation is always to imagine that the Lord is not enough. Our temptation is always to imagine that the Lord is not enough. And and so we look to the security of the world, be that status or wealth. 
It is, I think, frighteningly easy to imagine that we are more secure in this world because of who we are or because of what we have. Frighteningly easy. Now again, it's very important to recognise that there is nothing intrinsically wrong with success in life. Everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. But there is a danger for any of us in a false security where we think that the Lord is not enough and that somehow with the prestige or the acquisition of the world we are more secure. See, when the Bible warns us, as it often does, about the dangers of idolatry, the problem for most of us is not going to be wooden statues and stone shrines. But what it might be is a false security in the position we have attained in life or in the wealth we have acquired. But according to David, this is the place only of false security. David, who had unimaginable wealth. David, who had incredible status, says, verse 9, low-born men are but a breath. The high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. There is a false security where we think the Lord is not enough. And yet actually at the end of the psalm, David turns from false security to a faithful saviour and the great encouragement that is to be found there. See, God has spoken, verse 11. One thing God has spoken, two things have I heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. See, if the Lord was only strong and not loving, it would be a disaster. He would be able to help us, but perhaps unwilling. If he was loving but not strong, again, a disaster. For whilst he may be willing, who's to know that he is truly able? But God has spoken so that you and I can know that he is both strong and loving. He is both able to save and he is willing to save. And the astonishing thing for us is that whatever confidence David had, we have greater confidence. For in these last days, God has spoken a final word in Jesus. And it is when we look to Jesus, it is then that we can know that the Lord is enough. For at the cross of Jesus, we can know that God is both able to save and willing to do so. For at the cross of Jesus, we can know a faithful saviour who is strong and loving. See, the Lord is enough. You can trust him. And even in the midst of life's difficulties... You can sing with David. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. 
He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Well, let's pray, shall we? Well, just as we pray, I'm going to use the uh, wonderful colic that we had earlier on in the service. Almighty God, you have made us for yourself. And our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. Pour your love into our hearts and draw us to yourself. And so bring us at last to your heavenly city where we shall see you face to face. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.